Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode, episode 10, y'all, of Real Reading Talk. And I'm your host, Miss Sasha. And with Real Reading Talk, we discuss the real systemic, real foundational issues about why there are low levels of literacy in the Black community and how we are able to combat these issues. And when I say real reading talk, what I mean is we have it straight with no chaser. We are talking about real talk in the black community when we wanna talk about something and we wanna get down to the crux of the issue, we usually tell each other, give it to me straight, give it to me real with no chaser. So that's where the concept of real reading talk came from. And with real reading talk, again, like I said, you know, we are not just about talk, okay? Because we do a lot of pontificating discussions. We do a whole bunch of that, you know, having meetings upon meetings upon meetings about, you know, why our black babies aren't reading like they should, why they don't wanna read, the parents aren't reading, where well, we have all this conversation and then still we are the situation we are, that we are still in today. When you go across this nation and you will find that you have our black children who are not reading proficiently and our black children are not even wanting to read. And so these issues right here, we talk about the pandemic and we're talking about the issue in, in terms of COVID and all of that stuff. This right here is an epidemic. This right here has been an epidemic for a very long time. And like I said, we are discussing where this stuff came from. It, it's not, this is not something that, you know, black people are born with in which you have black people who are not wanting to read, or you have an issue where you have black kids uh, who are doing, who aren't doing well in reading. This stuff goes way, way, way back. And actually it's even before the slave plantation. You know why I say that? I say that because when our ancestors were taken and snatched and kidnapped, one of the main things that the oppressors were doing is that they made sure that they separated our African ancestors. So if you had a tribe of people from a, a particular tribe or a village and they were together, they made sure they separated them. Well, why did they do that? Well, what, what's, the, what's the issue with that? Well, when you separate, that means that you can't communicate. That means that you can't band together that means that it's gonna be a lot harder for you to be able to have a revolt, to be able to fight back because people are not together. You're not able to communicate a plan because you're with somebody in a, in a group that you all do not understand each other. So that's where that first separation, that first aspect of the, the devilish things that was done to our people to oppress us. So that's where it first started. And then of course, later on, they made sure they told our African ancestors, no, you're not, you, you can't learn anything. Anything that we teach you, it has to be to support our system of oppressing you because our job is to make sure we're oppressing you to build up our nation, the nation that we still see to this day that has been built on the backs of our ancestors and is still being supported by oppression. So my point I'm making is this, again, with real reading talk, we cannot start the story in the middle. And we have to make sure that we are telling 
the truth. We are telling why we are seeing these ugly, disgusting statistics when it comes to our children not being able to read basic things. So with all of that being said, I hope that you all, uh, please get your notepad, please get your pen, pencil, whatever it is that you choose to write with, because I have a phenomenal guest once again. This is not her first time, all right? She is just doing excellent, phenomenal things here in the city of Cleveland. And uh, I want you all to uh, be able to get to know, for those of you who this is your first time uh, listening to the podcast, um, I'm going to have Miss Ebony Donnelly. I want her to be able to uh, tell us about what it is uh, that she does and um, what, you know, the things that she, uh, how she able, was able, excuse me, I'm getting tongue tied, how she uh, even thought about uh, getting into her profession, you know, as an educator. And uh, so I'm going to right now give it up for Miss Ebony Donnelly. Hey girl. Hi. Sorry It's okay. It happens to the best of us. It happens to the best of us. Yes, yes. So tell us, please, Miss Ebony, what it is that you do. All right. And also, too, I want you to tell us about your background as well when it comes to uh growing up in a home where literacy uh, was prevalent in your home. Okay, well, as you said, I'm Ebony Donnelly, and, you know, reading was a big deal in my home. Education, period, was a big deal in my home, and so it's really all I know. Like, my mom used to stress the fact that education was the way to a better life. I don't know if people still believe that today, but that's the way I was raised. And so when I was 16, I got a job and I was working with multi-handicapped kids, and I found it so rewarding, and it just switched my path. I had wanted to be an attorney up to that point, but I enjoy working with those learners so much that I decided that I wanted to be a special ed teacher, not just a regular ed teacher, but a special ed teacher. And so, you know, I just went, I just went on with it. And so I, I always thought like, I'm still gonna be an attorney, but I just fell in love with working with the kids. And so at Collinwood, we had the teaching professions program. So I entered that and it was still of the mindset, like, I'm still going to be this attorney. Like, when I get to college, like, I'm just going to do this while I'm in high school. It's a program, you know, and I, I could do a lot of stuff. But I just enjoyed it so much. We had so much outreach that we used to go into the schools. We can go into the elementary schools and do little activities with the kids. And I just liked it. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like, this is what I have to do. Like, this is my calling, basically, because it always came easy to me. And I always had a lot of fun. And I always looked forward to it. So fast forward, I go to Baldwin Wallace, I major in special education and my academic advisor was like, well, there's only a few more classes for you to get the elementary also. So why don't you do that? I was like, okay, fine. So when I came out, I was able to, I took coursework for both. And when I graduated, I just had to take all of the praxis exams, which I ended up taking four in order to get the two licenses. So I did that, loved that, finished college, finished my student teaching on a Friday, got hired by the school district on a Monday. It was around this time of the year. Matter of fact, it would have been like right now because break was about to start. And so they said, just start in January, right after winter break. And so at that time, I'm now in January, I became like a fifth grade teacher. No, I started doing fourth grade, working in the room as an intervention specialist at first. 
So then I was doing that and I found it very rewarding. But as I started to see a shift in the testing policies and different stuff like that, I started to be alarmed at what I was seeing. And as I switched schools a few times because, you know, they were closing schools back then and they had a massive layoff you know, in the early 2000s and I had just started. And fortunately I didn't get laid off because I had a special ed license. So I never was affected by the layoff, but I did have to move schools a couple of times. And I was noticing like different neighborhoods, you know, the kids had different academic abilities, but were still behind. And so as we fast forward to now, you know, 20 years in, I'm really, alarm. So five years ago, that's when I first started getting the, the tug, like I need to do a little more. I need to do a little more. And then that's when I started Literacy Innovations, which was a tutoring program. And I said, I wanted to make it affordable because, you know, we know about Sylvan and we know about Huntington Learning Centers, but they can sometimes be expensive. So I was like, you know, there has to be something like that's in the, you know, like in the middle, because, you know, a lot of times the schools, they have certain tutoring programs. I know Cleveland Scholarship was a big one, but kids are only allowed like 20 sessions or so many sessions. And so it's like they have to try to use those sparingly, but our kids need more because they're starting from so far behind, you know, by the time they um, start to make gains, they've exhausted all of the tutoring sessions that they had. So then, you know, so I start the tutoring company. And of course I had business because, you know, people were like, could you tutor my kids? Could you tutor my kids? So then I was saying, what can I do for people who can't afford it? You know, for people who cannot afford this, what can I do? And so then that's when I um, started doing some community outreach. And so, you know, I still continue that even now, you know, because I think it's a big deal. I like to give back and I think it's, important to me because I live and work in the same community mm. you know I, so, so I don't have any blinders on so it's not like when I get off work I'm driving 45 minutes to get home I'm like literally going around the corner and so these families that I service I see them when I go to the supermarket you know I see them if I'm at the library we're in the same community if I'm out here riding my bike guess what I still see them sometimes when I'm sitting on the porch like I really have people bag back like oh Miss Donnelly, this is where you live? Stuff like that. So, you know, it's a big deal to me. It's very important to me that I engage with the community and that I engage with these families and that I let them know, like, it's more than a test score for me. Reading is a skill. It's a necessary skill, you know? And so I'm going to do my part. I'm going to continue to do my part. I am a literacy advocate. And I'm always talking about it's my goal to build a community of readers. That's my goal. So, you know, I have to take it one kid at a time, one family at a time. You know, I have to meet them where they are and try to bring them up. It's always wonderful when I'm working with a kindergartner because I'm like, oh, you know, this is good. But sometimes you may have to work with that sixth grader whose skills are not that much more of that kindergartner that you're working with, unfortunately. But so I still have to bridge the gap. And so that's what I'm out here doing, bridging the gap as best I can. Uh, oh, I love it. Y'all, I mean, you see, y'all see what I'm talking about, right? I mean, it's like she talks and then it's like, all right, mic drop. <laughs> I mean, what? You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just said a whole bunch of stuff that is just like so key. 
and so relevant as to how we are able to get our children with the mindset of having reading high on their value ladders. And in addition to that, having the adults having reading high on the value ladders. And of course, you know, I love the fact when you said it's not just about trying to have our kids reading so they, they can pass some tests. And that right there is like just so crucial. But what I want to do is I want to kind of go back a little bit. I want you to uh, hone in on the fact of how you even started, you know, wanting to become a teacher and how, how it was like that, that, that light bulb went off. And the reason why I say that is because, I mean, definitely, and you're one of those kind of people, like when I talk to you, you're, you're the type of person where it's like, you know what you want to do. And then you, it's like, you have your plan. That, that's what I, I get from you. You know what you want to do. You set your eye on that prize. And it's like, you have the attitude, okay, nothing is going to stop me. I'm going to do it. Bam, bam, bam. And then you have it all set in place. It was like, that's how you were walking us through how you were doing what you were doing today. So what I want you to do, if you would please, you know, share with us how, again, in terms of even in your home, like, because obviously that was something that you were groomed with. That was something that was around you, you know, in your home in which that was nurtured. You deciding, okay, first you wanted to be an attorney, then you decided you want to be a teacher. Where did that, you know, that spark, where did that come from? I don't know. It's just always been there. I cannot pinpoint. I can't pinpoint anything. It was like, you know, I was always trying to show somebody something as a kid. Look what I can do. Look what I learned. Check this out. Mom, look what I did at school today. You know, I just always wanted to do that. And, you know, like they would entertain it. You know, like they would entertain it. Like I'm sure they already knew, but they would say, oh, really? They would entertain it. Well, show me. And so my mother, she would be like, um, what did you learn today? Uh -huh. Tell me what you learned today. Uh -huh. And she would want specific stuff. But as I look at it now, she probably just wanted to make sure I was paying attention because uh -huh. as at home, I talked incessantly, but at school, I didn't talk at all. It's almost like I used to save everything because I wasn't allowed to get phone calls home. So what I wasn't going to do is get a phone call home because I'm talking too much. Mm. So when wouldn't talk because what I'm not gonna do is get in trouble because my mother's like look school is your job I go to work school is your job okay. so then therefore I'm not gonna have them call her at her job to tell her that I'm in school talking so it was like basically I would everything that happened in the day when I come home you know I have to talk about it so if I learned something new, if it was something I found interesting, I just had to talk about it. And it was like, not just my mom that was like interested. It was like everybody, you know, everybody. So like, if I wanted to read this book, if I wanted to read it to everybody, you know, not at the same time, because that's not how I got down. Like I need my one-on-one -on -one with you. And then I need my one-on-one -on -one with you. And you know, it's just, that's just how it had to happen. But I don't know if it's because I'm the youngest of two kids. I don't know if it's just because I was spoiled. I have no idea, but I've had some people in my life that just had me think that I was totally amazing then and totally amazing now. So I can't just be like, oh, it's this, this um, incident because it's just the way I grew up. It's like all I remember, like, you know, and part of the reason I do what I do is because I realized that these kids don't have that. 
some of them, they don't have that. I don't know what it is to not have a support system, especially, you know, as a kindergartner, first, second, third grade. Like, I don't even know what that was. Like, I remember my mother fussing when I was in high school, where's your book bag? Don't come in here without a backpack. Um, you know, school is your job. And I'm like, I'm on an honor roll. She's like, so what? So what? Don't come in here without books. And so then she would say, well, tell me what you did in um, trigonometry today. Tell me what, what you did. Um, I saw you were reading, you know, the scarlet letter. Well, you know, something. And it was like, not to say that she's doing all of these things, but it was just like, oh, I better be on my toes because if she does ask me, I better have something to tell her because after all, school is my job. <laughs> so, you know, when my parents working that hard, you know, you want them to be proud. And, you know, my father coming from Georgia, like he always would tell the stories of how he was in Upward Bound and how he went to Morehouse and all of this kind of stuff. So it's like, you can't just sit here uh, twiddling your thumbs. My mother used to be like, I worked too hard for you to be average. Oh, you think, you know, you got to get that speech and all of that, you know, and so, but she didn't just say that without action. You know, all of my family poured into me, like everybody, like even right now, my cousins who are the same age, you know, to a little bit younger, I saw what you were doing. Oh man, I saw your Instagram post. Oh man, you out here doing it. And so it still continues to happen, but that has been my whole life. So by that being my experience, I find myself giving other people that encouragement it's just natural to me because I received it so much. So I don't oftentimes think about it. It's not like, oh, I'm setting out. Like, let me tell Sasha she's doing great. It's not that. It's just like, it's in me. That's how I was raised. And so with me being able to, I will talk somebody um, up and down. Guess what I did? So I'm writing a book. Did you know? And then I'm always trying to get somebody else to do it too. Did you know that if you do Kindle Direct Publishing, you can do this? And oh, if you didn't want to do that, did you know you can do this? And oh, if it's a kid writing a book, did you know you can use student treasures? Like, it's just like what I do and it's just ingrained in me. So I just love it. Oh, wow, man. That, oh my goodness. That was like, that was so inspirational. I'm just gonna say that first of all, because the thing that you kept saying consistently over and over again was that you got support. Your family was there. They were your cheerleaders. And it was your mom and dad that was there first and foremost, letting you know- Uncles, aunts, cousins, exactly, brothers. Right, exactly. So, you know, but again, it's, it started with that home base and then it extended, you know what I'm saying? So that right there is key. I mean, that's what you kept saying over and over. I got support. They wanted to hear what I had to say. You're like, oh, can I do this? That I, Can I read you this? Can I show you this? And it's like, that right there, that is that component right there that I believe truly that is like the crux in terms of what our children are missing when it comes to the aspect and of course, the name of our, you know the show is real reading talk but this transcends you know what I'm saying in all aspects of life you know it's like our children need to hear and they need to believe from their parents and caregivers first that you can be anything you put your mind to and that's exactly what you were saying. It's like that right there. I mean, it, it, and I hope that you all 
are taking notes. Those of you who are listening to the show again, this is Real Reading Talk, and I'm your host, Ms. Sasha, and this is my wonderful, lovely guest, Ms. Ebony. And, um, you know, she is dropping jewels when it comes to supporting our children, and she's talking about how she was supported. And that right there is key. And I hope that everybody really is paying attention to that. You know, and it actually brings me to uh, the next question because I've been reading uh, this book right here. Uh, and I'm gonna say the title uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast and obviously you're not able, and I'm actually, I'll put it in the show notes too. And it's called Teaching Reading to Black Adolescent Males, Closing the Achievement Gap by Dr. Alfred Tatum. And one of the things that he talks about in terms of why our children, and in particular in this book, he does focus on black males, but of course this goes for, you know, our uh, black, black children in general, black males and females. And he talks about how um, when our children, one of the things that they're lacking when it comes to reading is that they do not have material that is relevant to them. They do not see themselves in these books or in these reading passages. You know, they are being told consistently over and over again that you have to read this particular passage in order to pass this test. That's what they are being told. But when it comes to reading, and as we know, even with reading, it's not just necessarily with you just sticking a book in a child's uh, uh, face. You know, just like what you said, when you were having conversations with your parents, when your mom was asking you about, okay, so what did you do in trigonometry today? Okay, what, you know, right there, she wants you to what? Go inside and think back, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Activate, you know what I'm saying? That prior knowledge, she wants you to go back, you know what I'm saying? And talk about what it was that you learned in your class, all right? So those things right there, having those conversations with our children right there is building the literacy skills. And that's one of the things that we talked about even in, in our other episode that we had in terms of that extra talk. It sounds like you grew up with extra talk. It wasn't always the aspect of, like you said, yes, you, where's your book bag? Where's your homework? Go get your, you know, go take your clothes and put them in the, you know, in the dirty clothes. Head. It wasn't always the directives, but it was engagement. It was your parents, your aunts, aunties, grandma, everybody on board like, okay, uh, Ebony, so tell us talk to us. All right. So what I want, you know, what I wanted to discuss with you is what he said in the book. He said basically that, you know, our children, they're not getting the materials that is relevant to them. So I want to ask you, how is that looking right now, you know, in the school system by you being an educator? Do you feel like that our children are getting Enough, and I know, and, and I want you to tell us what you're doing, but I'm talking about in terms of what other, what you see other educators too, like just overall. Are you seeing our kids getting materials that represent them? I feel like we, we do have materials that represent our kids. However, oftentimes the, their inability to read kind of cancels them out, you know, because if they there some some of what we do have and what we try to expose them to they don't have the proper reading level so now you have to try to take it down and you know there's not an adolescent that enjoys reading like a children's book or what they deem a children's book 
you know, from the way that it looks like they don't want to turn that book over and it's saying for ages six, you know, six and up, you know, because if you're 12, that's still a blow to your self-esteem. So, you know, we have to talk about their ability to, I guess, access, you know, what is there, you know, because, you know, we have a book that's written, it may be like a 4.8 reading level. Okay. You know, you think that, but with some of the way that our kids read, you may be trying to read that with a high schooler and they may be struggling through. So like the educator in you will probably be like, hmm, they should be able to read that and they don't understand that. But then the part that just knows everything, you're like, I don't even want to try to play around with this kid with trying to read this book, mm-hmm. you know, and unfortunately, you know, some of the children's books and the picture books and everything, well, they're better now. You know, we have more now, but they hadn't always been like that. But, you know, growing up, I'm not going to say I had like every character that looked like me. Of course. Right? You, know, you know what I mean? Right. However, the I guess some of the messages and some of the content was still interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nowadays it's easier to find more multicultural books now more than ever. That's true. You know, some of them are Caldecott winners and some of them are Newberry winners and some of them are, you know, the um, Coretta Scott King winners and stuff. So, you know, that that is an issue. But I think the underlying issue is still goes back to the children just not having the basic foundational skills sometimes and I think sometimes we use that other stuff because you know I'm, I'm like that too if I wasn't seeing the character I don't want to read but you know like I sometimes get on that because I think sometimes like when I'm outraged at like certain books that they they have access to so I'm like why would this be important over this mm-hmm. you know but at the same time the issue is still the same mm-hmm. they are unable to read and, and, and I'm glad you said that. And, and actually, again, like I said, I definitely firmly believe and I've definitely and I've read that, you know, in researching in terms of, you know, what is it? What's going on with our children? And a lot of stuff you can definitely, you know how it's so funny how you'll read these different, uh, you know, people have done research on stuff. And these are things that we are already a privy to anyway in the community because we experience it. We're like, okay, yeah, we, <laughs> we know that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know, but I think one of the main key things that you said before, again, is the fact that you got that support and you had that engagement. And so you have family who was always trying to talk to you about, you know, different things. You know, I know you've spoken about how your father, you know what I'm saying? He definitely is very knowledgeable when it comes to, you know, African history and African-American history, you know what I'm saying? And those sorts of things. You said he went to Morehouse, right? He was, he always tells me about Upward Bound. And oh, okay. Did. Right. Growing up in Atlanta, Georgia and all of this, right. you know, and it's just like a big deal. So you're just like, look, I know I'm going to do something mm-hmm. like, you know, I it's, it's almost like the standard has been set. Like, I'm going to have to do a little something like exactly, you know, exactly. if, if, if he was on college campus doing upward bound when he was like 16 or something like, <laughs> I mean, it can't just stop there. And I'm his only child. Like, exactly. <laughs> And that, and, that, and that right there again, and seeing that ties into what we're talking about too, the high expectations. When you talked about that, you come from a family of high expectations and the expectations was the fact that they're like, hey, look, Ebony, you are going to be something. Whatever it is that you choose to do, it's going to be something that is great and of value. And that to me right there, I believe that that is one of the underlying messages that we have to be able to get across to our children. 
We have to be able to link them. And this goes into, I was listening to a lecture by Dr. Amos Wilson. He's, he's uh, have passed on, but he left, man, tons of knowledge. He's written books. You know, he, you know, I, I think he was a, um, I believe he had a degree in psychology, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he basically, his thing was, again, having that African centeredness, having that Afrocentric way of thinking for our black children when it comes to education. And this is what sparked me in terms of my question when I had reached out to you and I said, I want us to be able to give the people uh, some different, uh, some, some reasons, some, some good reasons that our children can start to really, really resonate on as to why it's important to read. And one of the things, and going back to what he talked about, he said the same thing that, you know, I've heard others say, I know I've I felt this way as well. And of course, me and you, we talked about that. You feel this way as well. We cannot keep relating our children having to learn to read to pass the tests. And just like he made a good point, he was like, we can't keep saying that, number one, we have to get our children to understand that reading is a way to free themselves, to free us as a community. What do we mean by that? What does that mean? That means that so that we can be in a position where we are uh, doing great things for our community, we are building our communities up, and we are sustaining our communities. So we have to be able to link reading to that because what happens is we want them to understand that, yes, when you are learning to read, you are you're, you're basically in a, putting yourself in a position where you are showing that what you're learning, what you're doing, is going to be of value to your community where you come from. And so that piece right there to me, I was like, ding. I said, oh yeah, I said, we got to talk about that. I said, because one of the things I remember texting you, I said, what, what, what do our children say? A lot of times they'll say, why we got to read anyway? I've heard that. Why we got to read anyway? I don't want to read. I hate reading. Why we got to do this? Is it because it's going to be on the test? You know, these are, these are real things, real talk, right? So I would like to know, how is it that we can be able to start saying, giving those types of answers to our children without putting the test into it? What are some things that we can make them connect to? Just like how you got connected. You know what I'm saying? Because real talk, real reading talk. You have our a, a lot of our children who are not getting that motivation that you've gotten. I mean, even I'll say even for myself, I've gotten that motivation, but I will say, <laughs> you know, I, I definitely think that, you know, and I, I, my, my parents, I ain't trying to, you know, bash my parents or whatever, but I would definitely say that, number one, I don't remember having as much as that extra talk. I'll say that, you know what I'm saying? Having a lot of extra talk and a lot of that engagement and all that, it was more, my, especially my mother, it was like, I better not hear nothing bad at the open house. I mean, that it was like, so I was, it was like, <laughs> you know, that that was my thing. And then of course, I'm a talker like you. So, and I got in trouble, but they'd be like, oh, she's smart, but she talks a little bit too much. She just run that mouth, I'm like, Dang, you know what I'm saying? You know, but you but my thing is this though, even being that the case, I think it would have been great, you know, if the teachers would have said, I see that your child loves to talk. I think we should try to find some professions for her in which she can be able to 
talk and use those communication skills. Let's look into some different career paths that can help her, you know, th that, that she will be able to make money from that skill that she got. Cause she got the gift of gab and we want to see her succeed. Now I do want her to be able to control herself, but let's turn that perceived negative into a positive, into a career path, right? So I really think that we need to start doing those types of things too. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, in the black community, we, for, for real, for overall, when it comes to education, we want our children to be educated. Let's be frank. We want our children to be educated. I don't, I can't think of anybody who said, yeah, I want my child to, you know, not learn anything or whatever the case. That's why a lot of kids, unfortunately, they've experienced getting their butt beat. You know, say so all that. What? You ain't do this. Bam, bam, bam. And it's like, and I'm definitely not condoning. I think we definitely need to, that could be a whole nother conversation, a whole nother show. We need to, I do believe that aspect, we need to get rid of that. Because when we're doing that, that does nothing but just create some type of anxiety in that child and it's gonna hinder their learning, you know? But like I said, and going back to asking you about ways in which we can start connecting, you know, the reading aspect, getting our children <laughs> to believe that, okay, this reading is actually going to help me be able to do this. You know what I'm saying? So that, because I am valuable, I am worthy. So can you, can you speak to that? Can you, can you give us, you know, a couple of things, you know what I'm saying, a ways in which we could do that? Well, reading is a life skill. It's, it's just a life, it's a life skill. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to give you a personal story about um, what I've been going. So I had to get a new, a new roof put on my house. And when that man came with that contract, you know, that contract was solid. Now, imagine that I don't know what this man is talking about. This man had, but once they came and observed, they had bulleted out every single thing they were going to do. They had um, what they were responsible for, what they were not responsible for. Um, if I needed a certain extra amount of wood, you know how much that would cost and all of that. And I was just thinking like, wow and i kept asking questions and so you know about how much do you think like usually you know in the case of this what would because in my mind i'm trying to calculate okay what's going on that was like a real life example because you know they were using things specific to roofing and the dormer needs this and this needs that and i'm like you know that's technical vocabulary that's not like my everyday type of stuff and so to add insult to injury I had to get my front yard dug up. And when they came, that kind I'm talking about, I signed like four or five different documents that day. We're responsible. We're going to um, excavate the property, but we're not responsible for your dirt to settle. And we're not responsible for this. And you're responsible for that. And, you know, it was just things like that. So that's just a practical life skill. It's just a practical life skill. Like I'm not trying to say, because, you know, I have a master's degree in curriculum, so I would like to think that I'm no dummy, but I was still reading that. I'm talking about going through with the, the fine tooth comb, okay, and well, what does this mean? And in the event of this, what does this mean? And what's the warranty on this? And what's, you know, that, and to put it on terms that um kids can understand, most of them have a phone, most of them. They have some type of phone. They crack, they break, they drop them, they drop them in water, whatever. But they might not know about everything, but you know if you have a warranty, you know if you had to get a protection plan on that phone, I bet you're going to have to read to find out what's covered. I bet you're going to have to find it out. They have those video game systems that, you know, they love so much. 
you're going to have to learn how to do it. You want to play on Xbox Live. Okay. So your subscription ran out. Okay. So what does that mean? Okay. What's the deal? You know, what's the deal? Can we do this? Should we do this? What's option? You're going to have to have some type of something, some type of knowledge. So it's like, you're not going to escape reading. Like most, a lot of times, anything that you love to do, you're still going to have to do a little reading. I'm not saying that you might have to go through everything with a line by line, but at best, at least you would have to skim. At least you would have to skim something. So we have to get used to, it's a life skill. I think our students have been conditioned to think reading has to take place in a book, you know, like it has to be a book or something like that. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you. I read more pamphlets than anything because anything you buy normally comes with some type of directions you know, to do something. You might think, why Why the crayons? Why they need to tell me what to do with that? Like, I got this. However, still has a little something that they, you know, that they say. So we have to get used to, I think, if we just start to show them anything you get, you have some lip gloss, you got the ingredients on it right here. You know, there's always something. You're going to have to read something, you know, and this is even before we get into, you know, books, magazines, and things like that. This is just you know, basic, you know, this is just a basic thing. And then two, you think about text features, like everybody doesn't have to read anything. I'm talking about, I probably couldn't put anything together looking at a picture. I'd be like, what, what? Um, dad, what does mean? Um, you know what? But if I read it, I understand it. But there are some people they can look at that picture one time. Boop, I got it. But you gotta understand being able to look at a diagram, that's a text feature. Mm. it still involved reading that's a text feature that's you know so all that I think sometimes we just have to think a little bigger in order to make it to break it down to our kids mm, I love that and oh my goodness because I'm writing I was I'm trying to write it down in the terms of so would you say this so the first thing is teaching reading as a life skill and then you give the example yes. gave the example of how you had to read through your contract because of the fact of you getting your roof replaced. And then you talk, mm -hmm. you know, and the other work that you had done or whatever. So that asked. Yes. And then would you want to break that down into, and then I, what I did was I put number two, um, I put show them about different labels on different things. So all of how all of that comes before yes. actually opening up a book. Yes. Okay. You, you think about anything. You can, you can take any kid. Mm -hmm. They can be about two years old. You can say to them, you, matter of fact, you don't have to say to them, you could be driving. What they'll say, they're going to McDonald's, they're going to Wendy's, you know, there's Burger King, even if they don't know some of the other stuff, they can normally point some stuff out, places they've been. There's Walmart, how you know oh look at that over there because they know it they they're observing so if they can do that you know if, the, if they know that that's wendy's you know that's like that's the first step that's like recognition of different stuff when they're reading what are they doing with the sight words what is it it's nothing but oh that's the word too you've seen it so much you know it this is the word the you've seen it so much you know it you know and so i think you know, we have to think about some of those smaller things that we do and some of those conversations that we have with kids. You know, we're talking to kids. Kids are two years old. They're holding a conversation. 
So kids two years old having a conversation. So now they get a book. You know, you get to reading a book. My little cousin, Brown Bear, Brown Bear. Every time I see her, if I'm at her house and she was living in Michigan, I swear one day she was two years old. I read Brown Bear about 15 times. But every time she's at the edge of the seat, like she doesn't know what happened. <laughs> she, I mean, she was just zeroed in, like on a bookshelf full of books because they have a lot of books in their home. That brown bear does something for her. She would always go get it, mm. you know? And then it's like, she would sit and engage with other books too, but it's like, you know, so they start early. And I think if we just continue to encourage that, we will see more of what we know. But like when, you know, but a lot of times what we do, um, we'll do it later. You know, I'm doing something. This is not the time. So that's when we say that our kids don't value reading, when did, when did we show them that it was important? My parents, my family showed me because I would follow them along with a little coloring book that had a story. They, I'm talking about, I'm like literally following from room to room, but they want like, girl, go sit down somewhere. Go sit down. Get. It was just like, I know they probably were in their mind, but they never killed that for me. Mm. they never killed that but so I think so we're so easy it's the hustle and bustle we're gone we're, we have things to do we have things to do so we're so busy and I think you know sometimes we do it at home before a kid ever reaches a school where we have kind of showed them that reading is not important so now when they go to school now the teachers are trying to convince them that it is but who you gonna believe at first these people you you've known your whole life or this teacher who you just met and you just like you just like to read I ain't really on what you want because that's what kids say you just think I should be able to read because you um can read but me personally I do a lot of reading and I don't read technical stuff like that book you're reading I wouldn't read it like as of right now because I feel like I've read so much stuff of that so when I read I just read something to decompress Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I I normally read something fun I'm gonna read a comedy I might meet, read a mystery I might do well romance is my favorite but that's because I just can totally disconnect from everything that's going on mm -hmm. because sometimes I just I watch the news and I'm like this is too much I read the newspaper or articles I'm like this is too much so I read to be able to just kind of get like an escape if you will and so you know some kids are able to do that too you know, and then some kids can relate to some of the things that have happened in the books too. But first we have to get them to open it. Like I remember I had some middle schoolers read The Skin I'm In. Mm -hmm. People were relating to that book, mm -hmm. you know, like crazy because they're in middle school, you know, it's a whole big thing. However, I was reading a book called um, L. Ray Jakes Rocks the Holidays. It's a kid, it's written for six and up, I've right? I've seen his uh, the L. Ray Jakes uh, series, uh-huh. And so um, my best friend bought me those for my birthday. She said, you have so much stuff. So I decided to get you some books for literacy innovations. So she got me these books. So I was reading them with a, um, with a third grader that I, that I tutor. Okay. And so um, this particular little boy, he's, he's mixed, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the book, you know, L. Ray is like, you know, he's in a third grade. And he was like, I asked. He like, I asked my parents why we moved here. You know, like we're the only ones, like we're the only brown, 
you know, family here. And so that's what he's talking in, in, the, in the book. And he's like, well, except for like, let's say the other characters, Kevin, but you know, he's taller than me and he's a little darker than me, whatever. So basically, and so his father is giving him the talk, like we, we have to stick together. You know, you have to stick together. Like what happened with you and Kevin? His, his parents, his, um, his dad said he was sad. And so the little boy tells his father, he said, you don't even like Kevin's dad. He said, I do, especially in a situation like this, like we have to stick together, hmm. you know, and that's, and that's just something like that. And the book is written for six and up. Hmm. Hmm. And it was so interesting. And it talks about how his baby, his, his younger sister, she was at a daycare and one of the kids had paid, we had charged kids to be able to touch his little sister's hair had, char had charged people a penny. So these are all things that we think about, but this stuff is in a book. Wow. And it's, and it's a kid's book. Yeah. That's what I'm like. And, yeah. it's whole, and it's a whole series. And so, you know, as I'm interacting with this third grader, he's like, wow, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. You know, wow. Because, you know, he's thinking like, well, you know, you know, he can even see where he fits in the, in the situation. You understand what I mean? And so I think, so he was like, what? Cause at first he was like, we're going to read a book. And I was like, yes. And I said, I'm going to read a chapter and then we're going to, you know, switch off pages. So then he was like, that's it. We're not reading anymore today. We normally do two chapters today. We did three. He was like, what? He said, oh, okay. Then, you know, next time. And I think sometimes it could be something like that. With, with a kid a lot of times it just takes a gimmick like you find out one thing that they like or one thing that they can relate to to be honest I had never read any of the L. Ray Jake's books mm -hmm. you know but I was just like oh this is cute when she gave my was like and so you know me I gotta read it because please do look forward to a YouTube video coming soon you know once hey. I finish the book yes just 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 expect just expect that that's gonna happen Please. like you know how I like to do it yes so, yes and you're just thinking and, and I'm like wow you know like wow and I was like this is some pretty kind of heavy content that's my adult lens looking at it and he's like well you know yeah and he was like oh my goodness and then because you know it's talking about how you know some kids at school catch lice and it's just different stuff but I was like this right here it's amazing. And I'm talking about, I've only read that five chapters. So it's not like I've read, you know, they, they led with that. Talking about how his father is like a scientist and he can't really relate to regular people because he's so smart. <laughs> it's just, you know, wow. it's just, you know, it's just interesting. So I think we, I think we can catch them. You know, it's just all about that hook. You know, sometimes you get it. It's, it's almost like just hit them with the commercial, like advertise it a little, like advertise it a little bit, make it seem like something that they would enjoy. Because even you know, I've had like some some kids who were really disinterested. Like when I was teaching the middle grades, like those six, seven, and eighth graders, they are a hard sell. Mm -hmm. They are a hard sell. But for them, I did it with um, miracles, boys. I think. I think that might be the name of it. Okay. It's on the Why Read Book Club for, um, and it talks about, but in the book it's, you know, the kids are kind of like rowdy. They're from an urban area. They like in a little gang and, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's the life that they're used to. And they're like, what? Well, I can't believe they wrote that. But it's like, you can find a book on anything. You can find a book on anything. So you can, you know, it's like sometimes 
you sometimes they think that the only books exist are the stupid textbooks stupid in quotes that they have to read they don't know or you know we give them something we might uh well wonder is on the the reading list and they're like i don't care nothing about this but on the flip side you know, you got Tupac and me over here. You might be like, okay, I can kind of get with that. So, you know, we, we can find it. Right. That's Sometimes right. we have to work at it a little harder, but it's a little something out there it's, for everybody. I, I love that. And, and I wrote down too, because I'm, I'm going to go over because I broke them down into so far four different things uh, so that people can easily be able to remember um, I was going to add just one actually to that list, but I just want to just repeat real quick. So far, what Miss Ebony Donnelly has said in terms of how we can get our children to stop saying, uh, "What was it that? What? Why I got to read anyway? I want to. I want to get it. Yeah. Why we got to read anyway? You know what I'm saying? Why we got to read anyway? We know we've heard children say that. Probably more than likely, we've heard our own children say that. We've heard students say that. We've heard these words a lot of times from our children. I'm talking about our black children first. That's who I'm talking about first. And so the first thing that Miss Ebony talked about, she said, teaching reading as a life skill. Then she gave that example. That was an excellent. And see, that's the thing for real, for real, that right there, breaking it down on a practical level, letting our children know right there, thank God, that you got some reading skills. You know what I'm saying? That are not just some, you got dope reading skills that you were able, and even when you did not, and that's the thing too, I believe that what actually what reading does, of course, it empowers you to be able to ask questions because you weren't afraid to ask them, okay, look, I'm reading, okay, well, so what does this mean? Okay, hold up, so what happens at this? You, you were empowered. You know what I'm saying? And then they, and, 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 and also too, I'm quite sure they're looking like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? We, we can't run none, no game on her. You know what I'm saying? She asking questions. She's going to comb through this contract. Why? Because you know how to read. And right there you were putting reading and reading was being in a practical uh, realm for you. You were able to put those reading skills that you have and apply it to something in your life that you need, which is a roof. <laughs> so right there is like banging. Then you talked about how showing them the different reading uh, labels, just like you gave that example of reading the ingredients of a lip gloss or whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? Which is great because you think about it, even if say hypothetically you had a child, they had to, you know, they were looking for a cleaning solution and say maybe, or some type of solution where they had to use for something or whatever. And maybe that particular solution said that you have to wear gloves when using this solution. But if you're not, if you don't know how to read, and then you make them, you use that stuff. And then let's say that stuff get on your hands. You get burned like, oh man. But it already clearly said on the bottle, you're supposed to use it with gloves. How did you know that? Because you read, you know? So right there, you were given another example. The other one, how you said having a lot of books, you know, just like how you talking, was it your niece? You said that she loves the, 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 the brown bear. Your cousin, I'm sorry. Yeah, your cousin, mm -hmm. you know. And she looked and how you said how she did that. She got a lot of books, but then how you had, she had that one particular book that she wanna kept, that she wanted to keep being read to her right there. That's good. And that's okay. And I'm glad you said that it's okay. Parents, if your child gravitates to a book that's quote unquote below their reading level, which I don't, I don't like 
really for real, for real saying that, because just like you said, you know, there are books, you, you was getting into that L. Ray Jakes book, you know, that's for a six year old and up and you're like, dang, man, okay, wow. You know what I mean? And, and that's good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay. We don't want to shun them and try to make it seem, we, sometimes too, I think it'd be about the adults. They want to try to prove that, yeah, my kid is so smart. Look, they reading the autobiography of Malcolm X and they five. It's like, come on, stop. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, really? Like, come on. It, it's okay. It's okay if they like brown bear and they five. It, it's okay. Or, or even if they, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or even if they are 14 years old and they wanted to read L. Ray Jenks. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? We're not going to make fun of them. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever the case. And then I liked how too, how you said advertising reading, making reading fun. You got to make, you have to advertise it. You have to get the hook. You know what I'm saying? You got to get them engaged. That's actually what um, Jim Trelease, uh, the Read Aloud Handbook, he's the author of this book called The Read Aloud Handbook. A lot of educators actually, they, they get a lot of tips from him. And he actually has, he talks about that. He said how he, his thing was comic books. He was reading comic books. Then mm -hmm. there's another book by this man named Kelly Gallagher. And this book is called Read Aside. And he talks about in Read Aside where it actually statistics show when children are reading books for pleasure, when they're reading a lot of books for fun, that actually helps them on those tests. That actually helps them. So if you're allowing those children to be able to just simply read, get in the reading zone, just like how you talk about how you in the reading zone, like your thing is your, your, your excuse me, your, uh, you said your romance, you know what I'm saying, type of books. You mm -hmm. in the zone, that's your thing. You know what I'm saying? And that's good. That's what we want our children to have. We want them to be able to have that. And the last thing I wanted to add to the list as well is that I thought about this because a lot of times, especially with our children, especially coming from impoverished communities, you know what I'm saying? You know, we coming from being on the, the, the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to having generational wealth. You know what I'm saying? We collectively, we don't, you know what I'm saying? Truth be told, you know what I'm saying? We don't, a lot of times we don't have wealth, we just have income. So the moment we stop making that money, that income, then it's like, now we're at risk of being evicted or lights being turned off or whatever the case. So we want to create generational wealth. So one of the things that I thought about is one of the things that we can do is that we can start asking our children about things in the community that they experience, things that they notice. Like, for example, I talk to my kids a lot about how we see a lot of abandoned homes because we live in East Cleveland. And so we see a lot of abandoned homes, you know what I'm saying, or whatever, abandoned buildings or different things of that nature. And so when I'm talking to them, I said, okay, so, you know, what are some things in which that we can do in the community to help change this community. So I think one of the things that we have to do is start asking our children, what do they see in their community in which they can make it better? So for example, if they see a lot of garbage on the ground, if they see abandoned buildings, if they're seeing people just walking around and they're kind of like, you know, you know, not doing it looking like they, you know, maybe homeless or they may be on drugs or something like that. And so when we get our children to start talking about the things that they're seeing that they don't like or ways in which that they, it can be improved, then that's when we can start asking them like, okay, so how can you make it better? And so that's when you start having them conversations. And then when they tell you, well, you know what? I wanna be able to help feed the homeless. Oh, really? That's a great idea. How do you think we can do that? How do you think we can let the community know or get the community involved? Start with your street. 
Um, do you think maybe that we can, you know, make a flyer up and maybe put it in the mailboxes of our neighbors and let them know that we're going to be feeding the homeless once a month? Would you like to donate to our cause? You know what I'm saying? Would you like to, you know, donate some food? You know what I'm saying? Some tin pans, some foil or something? Because we're going to start donating. But how are we going to get that flyer together? Oh, you know, we got to think. <laughs> think of the words to put on the flyer. So right there, we are connecting reading to something that our children are doing that's empowering and uplifting. And it's showing that they have value and worth. And it's practical. Why? Because they are showing that, you know what? I am a value in my community. I can help make my community better. You know, I can make, I have something that I can offer that I can give, that I can do. And I can actually help, you know what I'm saying, other people get involved as, in, as well. So that was just, you know, I get off my soapbox on that, but I mean, but that I just wanted to add, you know what I'm saying, that part, because I really think with our children, again, when they're in those classrooms, I can tell, I can feel it, I can see it, because I'd be in a sub, and then when I would go in the classrooms, you know what I'm saying, observing my children and stuff, and I would just see how the kids would just be like, they would just feel like, okay, you know, what am I, okay, I did this, okay, so now what, you know what I'm saying, I, okay, I did this assignment, or they're looking at the assignment, and they're like, okay, especially if they can't read the words, then they're looking frustrated, then they start playing with their friends, then they, you know what I'm saying, it just becomes this cycle of they're disinterested, so then they start getting in trouble, they start doing things or whatever, but if we make it to where it's relevant to their lives, it's practical, like you said, and they can be able to understand, like, okay, wait a minute, this reading thing here, this actually is going to help me be a better person. You know what I'm saying? And two, it's going to help me find my career path as well. Because you know, they next question, they really, for real, a lot of them be, be wondering like, how's this going to help me make money? Because I'm tired of going home. And when I go home and I got to deal with the fact of maybe the gas got turned off. You know what I'm saying? Or I got to go home, you know what I'm saying? And some, unfortunately, some people may live in a home where they got roaches or some, some mice or something. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is real talk. This is real stuff our kids are dealing with. So when you telling them, okay, you have to read to pass this test. If you don't, you're going to fail. You're not going to go onto the fourth grade. You know, all of this stuff. And they're like, oh, why do I got to read anyway? You know what I'm saying? How is this going to help me? How's this going to help my family? So we got to make that connection. We got to make that connection. So I'm, you know, what, what, is there anything you want to add, add to that or whatever, you know, to what I said? Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you um, something that I just finished doing with the community center last week. Yes. So I was doing an entrepreneurship, you know, I, I be on that. So <laughs> I was doing some entrepreneurship with some kids from um, an after school program. And so, you know, I talked it up real good. I showed them some videos. You know, we talked about some different terminology related to entrepreneurship. But one of the things I had them do was create a product. I didn't give them any parameters. Create a product or a service. We talked about, you know, goods versus services. So we talked about all that. And they had to create a flyer. Like whatever their product was, they had to create a flyer, a flyer kind of like. And so, you know, they were very boring at first. I kept saying, put the sauce on it. You got to put your sauce on it. Like, <laughs> you know, make sure. So I was talking all this junk. I said, because, you know, I'm not going to want it. But like, let me know. So I, I was um, very animated. And so they got very interested. And I told them, I said, you could do an old school paper pencil. I said, or you can use technology. I said, you can use something like Canva, Microsoft Word, whatever you want to do. 
some of those flyers were so good. Like I distinctly remember one boy, he was doing spaghetti. He had a picture of some spaghetti there and he was like, you can get a half a pan for this much. You can get a whole pan for this much. And then he was saying, you can get it made with beef. You can get it made with turkey, you know? And, and, and it was just like interesting. And so some of the things they came up with, with another one of the other students, he said he was gonna do um, masks. And I kept saying, what's so special about your mask? Like, why would I wanna purchase your mask over anything else? And I was just drawing it out of them. And so it was interesting. And one girl, she was saying she was gonna do slime. But she was like saying she was, she said a little bit. And so then she was like, she was like, well, it's free, but a donation is like requested, you know, like, like the class is free, but you know, we're accepting donations on this. And like some of these kids, these are kids who they don't like to read and they put so much energy and effort because I kept saying, I don't know, I don't know where the sauce at, where's the, where's the um? And so then I was, and so like when they would leave something out, I would make it a joke. I said, I said, you didn't leave me any contact information. I said, so how would I know to contact you? I said, what, I'm supposed to go outside, throw up the bat signal, like how am I supposed to know, like if I want your stuff? And so they came up with some really good products. Again, I wasn't like, oh my goodness, you know, by them doing it on Microsoft Word or Canva or something, it already double checked their spelling. So when they got to seeing those red lines, they already know that something's wrong without me, you know, without me doing it. And so I think little, little things like that, and they came up with something good. And they were like, you know, like I can really sell this for real, like in real life, like I can really do this. And I was like, exactly, exactly. And so then I was telling them about um, Kidpreneur Day that they had through the Young Entrepreneur Institute. And so I was like, there were kids, it was a Zoom session, but it was like, there were kids from Africon there. So there were kids from all across, you know. So I'm, I'm like, you know, sometimes I think some of them have not been out of Cleveland or they have not been out of their neighborhood. And I think sometimes they don't realize that there's a whole bigger world that sometimes they can learn about through books. You know, like like this is this is not the end all be all like Hollywood neighborhood or East Cleveland or because you grew up in Glenville or even if you're no, you're from Solon, like there's a whole world out here that you can learn about. And some of it you'll, you're going to learn about through reading. And so I just wanted to throw that in about the entrepreneurship because I got some really good work from the kids. And before we did that piece, we did photography. Whereas they had to take some photos of things like how it had been affected basically by the pandemic. So they were supposed to take pictures of something and write like a little caption to go with it. You know, sometimes like that's all, but still you gotta think if you take a picture of the abandoned building, you're like it's closed due to COVID, like you know, we're on lockdown, mm -hmm. that's still reading, that's still writing, and that's still what we want. Without have they don't need a whole dissertation on it, but you know, th they've done a little something, and you know they thought about it because it was pertinent to the topic. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. That's, that's it, man. That right there, I mean, that's powerful. And and see, and I really believe, for real, I'm going to take it back to what you said, how you live in the community, how you engage with the people in the community, how they know you. And that's the thing. It's like you have developed this uh, relationship with the children that you serve. And right there, that right there is putting an imprint in them. They are, because really, if you don't care, I don't care how much content 
you know what I'm saying? You know, whatever letters you got behind your name and all of that, they don't give a F about that. Real talk, they don't care about that. They wanna know, do you care about me? Do you care about what I'm dealing with, really? And I'm not saying that every teacher, you know what I'm saying, is gonna live in the, in the particular area or whatever, so don't get me wrong, but definitely we remember there was a time, you know what I'm saying, in the black community, you know, where you had the teachers, the police officer, you know, even the lawyer, you know, all living in the same community. And so these children are growing up and they are seeing people who in particular look like them who care, who wants to see them not just survive because we want our children to thrive. That's the exactly. key. You know what I'm saying? We gotta, we gotta get off of that. You know what I'm saying? Scratching and surviving. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we know about good times. We know, you know what I'm saying? But we want, we need to be thriving. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, and I really, right there, it's like, obviously you fell into your calling. I mean, you, that, that is, is proven. You know, it's like you, you light up when you're talking about what it is that you're doing. You know, you are very uh, well-versed in what it is that you're doing. You know how to connect to the kids. You talk to them on the language, on the level they understand. You meet them where they are. All of those different things are just phenomenal. They are appreciative. And also, too, for real, they're simple. They're simple. It, it, it is, like you said, it, it wasn't like, you know, you had to go get a dissertation, you know, or, or something like that to do all that. All of this is simply you caring as a human being you know, and you're seeing what it is that our children need. And I really, really pray and hope that people are getting that, this message, that message from this podcast, you know, what it is that you are providing and what, you know, what we're trying to do, man. You know what I'm saying? We are really, really trying to get rid of that attitude of, I don't want to read, why we got to read anyway, you know, and also too, we got to have the parents. That's the key. Because the kids can learn all day long, but they go home and they go home to an environment where the, the baby is running behind them, like you said you were doing. I, I want to do, parents, please, and I'm talking to myself first, please, we got to make sure that we are on board and we are listening to our children. And even say, hypothetically, we understand, say if you know you got, you, you can't sit at that right there, or you got to go and take care of something. Just simply let the child know, look at them in the face, say, look, I want to listen to what you got to say. I want to hear you. I want to hear you read that book. I can't right now, but we can do it at this time. So you are being intentional, you know, so they know, they feel like, okay, okay, they, all right, you address me. All right, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what they, what they want. They want to feel like they got worth and value, you know, just like any human being. Right, you don't want to be talking to nobody, and then they all they looking away, they on their phone. You know what I'm saying? They're like, oh, it's no, you know what I mean. So we know we wouldn't want that, so we can't treat our babies like that. And that right there is just powerful. But what I want to do, because we're gonna when we get ready to end and everything, I want you to be able to tell everybody, because I I do want you to, because uh, I forgot, because I know you're getting acknowledged uh, for being the the unsung. Oh, is that what it's called? Can you tell everybody about the awards you got? I don't want to jack it up. Tell everybody about the awards you're getting. Ebony. Well, I'm not really sure what it what it entails or everything, but <laughs> I just know it's an honor. And so what happened was somebody nominated me to, as an unsung hero through the Cleveland Public Library through the Collinwood branch. And so I was very shocked when I got the call. When when the lady called me, I said, oh, I have some overdue library books. And she started laughing. <laughs> and so she said, that's not why I called. And so basically 
through some of my community engagement, some of the things I've been doing, somebody nominated me to, you know, get honored. I don't know what it entails, but I just know they wanted a photo and they said something about it was going to be playing on WOIO on uh, Martin Luther King Day. They didn't give me the time or anything, but they told me that they were going to send me the flyer when the marketing team had it developed. So I'm not sure everything it entails, but I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. So we'll see, you know, I'll, I'll let you know about that as I get more information coming in. And then also, I just have to tell you, so the Better Business Bureau reached out to me and they want me to be on their educational foundation, a board member for 2021. So that's another thing. So, you know, maybe people think I'm doing a little something with this literacy out here. I, I would say so. I, I think you're doing a little something. So, and 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 for real, for real. Even if somebody didn't give you an award or whatever the case, the children that you are servicing, and I'm, and of course, I know the parents are just telling you how awesome you are, you know, and how much you are making an impact on their children's lives. You know, what I'm saying to me right there, that stands out more than anything. You know, that right there is like it's definitely evident. Like I said, it's showing and how you're talking about what it is that you're doing, how you light up, how you just get giddy, all of that type of stuff. And of course, it, it obviously shows from your, your, your home life and how you had your parents and aunties, uncles, could everybody just go, go. I mean, that right there, that's just so inspiring, man. And we all, and all of that stuff, we have the ability to do that. We just have to make sure that we are intentional about doing that. And um, I also wanted you to let everybody know about where they can contact you, you know, about you because you are a tutor. So please give them your, your social media handles, your YouTube, tell people to subscribe to you, all of that, please. Okay, so my Facebook is Literacy Innovations LLC. My Instagram is at Literacy Innovations. My website is Literacy Innovations dot net but most important of all you gotta subscribe to my youtube channel where i'm dropping these videos for parents for free i'm always giving you a fun activity to do with your learners something that you know i have tried and true you know i always do it myself first and then you know i let a few kids work with it to see how they feel about it also but you have to subscribe literacy innovation the movement because bringing this reading thing back and making it cool is a movement. So Literacy Innovations, the movement on YouTube. Please subscribe. It will be in your best interest. Please do. That's all I That's all I got to say. I felt like dropping the mic right there. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. Bam, y'all. That's right. And with that being said, you have just listened to another awesome, awesome episode of Real Reading Talk. Again, I am your host, Miss Sasha. With Real Reading Talk, we are here to deal with the real systemic issues, the real foundational issues of which why our Black children, Black families are dealing with low levels of literacy in the Black community and how we can combat those issues together. That's what's up. Now I'm dropping the mic. Y'all make sure that you all uh, subscribe to the podcast, go to Anchor and Spotify and Breaker and uh, make sure you, you know, follow what it is what I'm doing. 
And please give, you know, give me some high reviews. You know what I mean? You know, tell, tell me how we doing up in here and where I need to improve all of these different things, or even some different questions, different things, topics you want to talk about when it comes to uh, literacy, you know, and our black children and, and all of that type of stuff when it comes surrounding literacy. All right. So with that being said, thank you for tuning in and everyone take care. Peace. Bye.